all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Take over. Take over. He is a great God. He is an awesome God. He calls you friend. I know some people that are excited about that tonight to bless the name of the Lord. Who is like the Lord? There is nobody. Hallelujah. Look over and smile at somebody next to you and say, it's good for us to be here tonight. It's good for us to be here tonight. Well, you're in church on a Wednesday, so that means you came hungry. Amen. Lift your Bible side. Let's make our confession of faith tonight. I want to jump right in this tonight. Let's do it. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. My mind is renewed and my spirit is prepared to receive the word which produces faith. And faith pleases God. I'm not just a hearer of the word. Shout it out. Hey, y'all sound like y'all mean that thing tonight. Amen. Flip open to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter number 22. Of course, want to take this opportunity to welcome all of those watching live at all of our campuses tonight. We are glad you're with us. Amen. Luke chapter number 22. Go down to verse number 24. Luke 22 and 24. When you have it, say, I got it. If you're still flipping, say, hold on, Bishop. (laughs) If you're in maps, I don't know what to tell you. Luke chapter 22, go down to verse 24. Now, there was also a dispute among them as to which of them should be considered the greatest. And he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. Give me some monitor, please. And those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors. But not so among you. On the contrary, who who is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, as the one who governs, as he who serves. For who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not who who sits at the table? Yet I am among you as the one who serves. But But you are those who have continued with me in my trials. And I bestow upon you a what? A kingdom. Just as my father bestowed one upon me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on the thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he might sift you like wheat. But I prayed for you 
Notice what Jesus didn't say. He didn't say, I'm going to get you out of it. He didn't say, I'm going to hope that it goes quick. He says, no, I prayed for you that your faith wouldn't fail you. Look at your name and say, faith, don't fail me now. Faith, don't fail me now. And when you have returned to me, strengthen up your brothers. Uh, 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 look, look at me. Look, look at me. Jesus starts talking out about serving. He says, great, the, the one that's going to be great among you is the one that knows how to serve. Not, 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 not the one who wants to be seen, not the one who wants to have a name, not the one, no, but the one that can get in the back room and pick up a towel and nobody knows what they're doing. But then Jesus twisted on him. He's, then he looks over at Simon. He says, Simon, hey, by the way, considering this whole serving thing, you're a good servant, Simon. This is parenthetically said it. He, he says, you're a good servant, Simon. And since you're a good servant, Satan asked for you. Your neighbor's a little slow because it's cold. He, he, he says, hey, hey, Simon, he, he's talking about serving. So Jesus isn't random. Jesus isn't some crazy person that just spits out things about different subject matters. There, there's a reason they're in that order. They're in that order because he's saying, Simon, you're a good servant, Simon. And since you're a good servant, say nest for you. Which means the enemy don't want to mess with nobody unless they're good at what to do. Look at the neighbor and say, I must be a good servant. I'm not. I must be a good servant of the hell that's been trying to go. I'm. He, he, he says, he says, look at what the Bible now. Look, look, look what it says. He says, Satan asked for you because he wanted to sift you like wheat. But Jesus said, don't worry about that. I pray for you. It's one thing to have your neighbor pray for you. It's a whole other thing for, for Jesus to say, I was up there talking to my daddy on your behalf. He says, I prayed for you that your faith wouldn't fail you. And when you come back from this test, go strengthen somebody else. Father, you hear me. You always hear me. Tonight, as we go through the great depth of your word, I pray that we would move and walk in everything that you have ordained. We thank you that regardless of what sifting may be attempting to take place, you prayed for us. <laughs> and since you prayed for us, we ain't got to worry about how this thing is going to work out. We ain't got to worry about none of that. Why? Because we're good servants. And, and you pray for good servants. And it is so. In Jesus' name. Encourage somebody next to you and say, I choose life. And look at somebody else and say, I choose greatness. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord tonight. I want us to move to this in a very uh, quick fashion tonight. Uh, Jesus, as he's talking to the disciples, they, they begin to fight. And the fight arises because they're trying to figure out, just a little more monitor, please. They're trying to figure out uh, who, who's greatest among us. Out of these 12 apostles, they're trying to figure out, well, who, who's going to run the show when Jesus leaves? Who's, who's going to be in charge? Who's, who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? And a dispute arises among them. And in this dispute, they try to figure out who's going to be the greatest. Everybody wants to be the greatest. Every, everybody wants to be the one that excels. Everybody wants to be the one that gets the credit. Everybody wants to be the one that gets seen. But, but Jesus speaks to them and he says, I need you to understand something. Only crazy worldly folk act like that. Jesus is saying in the church, the job ought to be about getting it done, not about who's getting it, who's getting credit for it, 
Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. He, he, he says, I, I need you to be concerned about getting the job done. Why? I'm giving you a kingdom that you'll be able to sit and eat and talk with me. He says, but while that's happening, I need you to get the job done here on earth. Which means, don't you be sitting up trying to discuss who's greatest. I'll tell you who's greatest. The one that serves the most. The truth of the matter is, is that the world system teaches us that the way to greatness is get all you can and can all you get. The, the world teaches us that to make it, you got to step on people. The world teaches us you have to accomplish things. you got to treat other people bad. But that's not what the scripture teaches us. The scripture teaches us if you want to be somebody great, you better learn how to pick up a towel and you better learn how to serve somebody. The reason some of you haven't made it into what God has promised for you is because you have nasty serving. you got a bad attitude and you okay, y'all ain't saying nothing. He says, the greatest among you shall be your servant. The one that says, I'll do that for you. The one that says, you know what? I'm not over that. And I ain't got to be over that. I'll pick it up. I'll do, it. I'll do whatever I got to do to make sure the vision comes to pass. Why? Because whatever I make happen for my bishop, God is going to make happen for me. Whatever I make happen for my church, God is going to make happen for me. So I don't mind if I got to clean some toilets. I'll be the head toilet cleaner because I'm here to be great. And to choose greatness, I got to serve. Greatness is not behind the microphone. Greatness is behind the towel. Jesus, he says, he says, the greatest among you is going to be the one that wants to serve all of you. You, 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 you got to get this because, because, because if you want greatness, Jesus, John 10, 10, the thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. I am come that you might have life, which means life is a choice. But then he answers the riddle of John 10. He answers it in Luke 22. He says, if you want to have life, the key to life is serving. Because your life doesn't mean anything until it means something greater than you. I'm going to say it again. Your life, if you, if you feel like I just don't know this and I don't know this and I don't know that, then, then the problem is, is because you haven't gotten the revelation of serving. And if you're saying, well, Bishop, I do serve and my life still ain't good, then you're a bad servant. It's just, that's, it's just that simple. There's, no, there's, nothing, there's nothing more to it. Okay? So we're going to look at this. Look at your name and say, I choose greatness. Okay, so to choose greatness, that's really simple. That means Jesus just told you, the greatest among you shall be your servant. Okay, so now, now that we understand the way to life, the way to greatness is through what? Serving. So if I'm serving and I'm not experiencing greatness in life, it's because I'm not a good servant. Quiet in the church. Okay, now, now let's walk through this. There are four kinds of people that come to church. I've told you these before, but let's go ahead and review. What are they? Multitude. Multitude people come for what they can get. Multitude people, we have a concert tomorrow. Pack the church out. That's my business. Folk I ain't never met. It cracks me up. I'd be out. People, people be introduced. This, I want you to be with my business. I ain't never met you in my life. But I'm glad that I'm your bishop. Amen. We announced on Sunday we're giving everybody $5 to come to church. Church will be packed. We'll have 45 services on Sunday. People be getting saved, standing at the altar, all that. Never met, well, I didn't get my $5. My $5. That's where multitude people come from. You got multitude friends. They're only around you because of what you do for them. And the moment you're no longer a benefit to them, don't you be surprised when they walk out on you. 
No, but multitude. Jesus had lots of that. Here's God in the flesh now, and he's got thousands of people following him, but they're only following him for what they can get. And all of a sudden, Jesus has said this on Sunday. He starts preaching a message about drinking his blood and eating his body. And all of a sudden, all the multitude people love because they weren't even willing to stay around and get an understanding. See, the real people that love you will take time to get an understanding from you. They'll say, now, wait a minute. What you just said sounds a little crazy, but I'm going to give you an opportunity to explain yourself. See, that's love. So don't think love is shutting up and not saying nothing to you. People that love you will get in your face and they will say, what in heaven are you talking about? They will call you on the carpet and they don't care nothing about this, that, and the other. They're going to call you. That's folk that love you. Da, da, da. So you have multitude, then you have sheep, then you have sheep, then you have sheep. sheep see, the interesting thing about sheep is sheep have to get their legs broken. That's why the shepherd's staff, as a bishop, it's called the crozier. Uh, at the bottom of it was very firm so that they could break the legs of the sheep so that when the sheep would leave, they would break his leg and say, now don't you go nowhere else. The, the end of it was like a hook so that when a sheep would wander, the hook of the shepherd, he could pull it back in. But God says, how long are you going to stay at the level of immaturity as a sheep? Because sheep have to continue to get their legs broke. Sheep don't see very well. That's why every time in scripture Jesus is talking about sheep, he says, my sheep know my voice. Why? Because they can't see where they're going. They have no clue where they're going. That's why the scripture says, watch this, that the blind would lead the blind and they both fall into a ditch. Why would they fall into a ditch? Because you got a follower trying to lead a follower. You got somebody that don't know what they're doing trying to tell you what to do. When folks trying to give you advice, the best thing you can do is say, well, let me look at what you got and what's going on in your life. Because while you're trying to be the expert on everything, you... <coughs> sheep can't lead a sheep. Sheep needs a shepherd. You got it? So that's why you got to get rid of all this crazy stuff that's going on in the body of Christ. We was just doing this. No, you're crazy. Sheep can't lead sheep. You can't see. Then the third level of maturity for people that come to church are servants. These are people that don't come for what they can get. They come for what they can give. Fourth level, these are, these are sons. And we won't get into that tonight because that seems to scare people in Denver. Amen. I'm going to talk about it a little bit. Okay. Say, so my mindset is not what I can get, but what can I give? See, this is the lifestyle of a servant. Now, the Bible already told you to be great. You got to be a servant. And you can't just be any old kind of servant. You got to be a good servant. You've been in a restaurant and you've had good service. And you thought to yourself, my God, I'm just going to give them every, you know, you pull out an extra $2 and I'm going to give them an extra $2. It's Christmas time. I'm going to help them out. I tell you, because they was good. Come on now, you know. But then you've been in a place where you had some maybe not so good service. And you give them a tip, you know, do not stare directly into the sun. Seek God first. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. <laughs> you understand? Now, now it's the same thing when it talks about serving God. That God's got some good servants, and then he has some what he calls wicked and lazy servants. It's interesting because Jesus says, in that day, many will say, well, Lord, didn't I do these great things in your name? And he says, but I will say to them, depart from me, you wicked and lazy servant. Which means these weren't non-believers. These were believers that didn't serve right. 
And he says to them, you depart from me. He tells the crackhead, he says, you come on because you didn't know. But you were wicked. You knew better and you insisted on acting like a fool. This is Wednesday night, so maybe this is too heavy. This is too heavy. Amen. This is too heavy. Amen. Now look at your neighbor and say, I'm here to serve you. Okay. When you have that mindset, people, you will stop trying to get, you know, what gets me about folk, and this is all folk, church folk, world folk, 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 is everybody's trying to protect their own interests. When the scripture says, I'm supposed to serve you. Okay, now let's get this. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm here to serve you. Which means, if I'm here to serve you, I don't get upset when you treat me like a servant. See, this is too heavy for, for immature folk because you're just trying to get a blessing. But I think there's some kingdom folk in church on a Wednesday night that say, I'm not trying to get a blessing, man. I realize I am the blessing. See, because you get rid of competition within the body of Christ when people realize I'm here to serve you. You, you get rid of attitudes when people serve him. Well, she didn't clean the bathroom the way I did it. Well, he didn't leave. I lift the paper up like I lived. All this stupid stuff. Because you, you got to understand, I'm here to serve you. So what do you need me to do for you? Jesus said, that's, that's greatness. Not this. Not this. He said, that's greatness. Okay. Right, look at your neighbor and say, I'm here to serve you. Okay. You're, you're, you're not above serving anybody. Okay, so, so, so let's go ahead and deal with that. Okay. Uh, Jesus, we're not going to talk about tonight. Jesus says, uh, he, he talks in Matthew, he, he talks around the same parable, but he says, the, the way you treat the least of these is how I equate that treatment to me. So Jesus said, the way you treat the person that smells horrible, acts horrible, does horrible, that's how you treat me. This is a mature, simple word tonight. Looks at them and say, I'm here to serve you. Okay, okay. Now, when we have that mentality, the Bible says you, they will know us by the love we have for one another. Got it? So which means I shouldn't have to say I'm a Christian the way I treat you should say I'm a Christian. If the only way people know you're a believer is because you got your Harvest T-shirt on, then, then we got to fix your, your, your witness. They should be able to look at how you treat your coworker, who you know is talking about you, who you know is trying to set you up, but you still treat them with love. Now, I'm not going to be your fool, but I'm still going to treat you with some love. I know what you're doing. I know how to deal with you, but I'm still going to treat you right. I know you wouldn't got everybody else Starbucks and didn't bring me none. Fine. But when I go get tacos, you can best assure it. I'm going to get you your 39 cent taco. It's easy, the Bible says, to treat those that do you well well. Jesus says, but how are you going to treat people that don't do you well? That's the true measure. And so we have to grow. Just today we say we have to grow. All right. Now, 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 now. Say Nehemiah. Nehemiah, ne Nehemiah we, we've talked about him before. I, I, I love Nehemiah because Nehemiah is a man. He, he looks at his city. Jerusalem is in ruins. Nehemiah chapter 1, chapter 2. It's in ruins. It's been destroyed. 
Nehemiah was the king's cupbearer. He goes to the king and he says, listen, king, won't you let me go back and, 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 and rebuild my city? And he goes back and, and as he goes back, it's all kind of people saying, you can't do it. You're not going to be able to accomplish this. You know, this isn't going to happen. But Nehemiah, Nehemiah 2.20, they said, Nehemiah, how are you even going to pay for this? Nehemiah says, I, he says, I don't understand all that. He says, but the God of heaven, he will prosper us. And we, his servants, shall arise and build. Which means when I make a decision to be a good servant, God makes a decision to pay my stuff. When I make a decision that God, whatever it costs me, I'm going to pay it. God makes a simultaneous decision and says, you'll never lack. You'll never want for anything. All your needs are going to be met. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Nor my seed begging for bread. When you make a decision to be a good servant to me, I make a decision that you'll never lack in your life. Why? Because the God of heaven, he'll prosper us. And we, his servants, shall arise and build. See, 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 part of what you got to understand is that this is why when you really make a decision to serve God, I mean for real, the first thing Satan does is he asks for you. You saw it in the text. He asks for you and says, I want to sift Peter like wheat. And then Peter starts making all these confessions. See, I, I get real weary of people that have been saved for two weeks and they know everything. If, don't be that. Don't be like that. You, you saved for two and a half weeks and now you're the spiritual expert. You're telling everybody else how they're wrong. Don't be like that. Because see, here's what happens. What us says, what us says, he says, I want to sift him like wheat. And then Peter makes this big confession. We didn't read it. Peter goes on and says, Lord, I'll never leave you. Lord, I'll serve you all the days of my life. Jesus looks at Peter and says, Boy, hush. He, he says, Boy, before the rooster finishes crowing, you will have denied me three times. Lord, I'll never do that. But shut up, Peter. Be quiet. Because you finna you finna work my nerve, Peter. I, you, you know how you get to your last nerve. So I guess you got 10 or 15 nerves or something. And then you get to that last one. Come on, any customer service people in there, you get to that last one. Bishop, what are you trying to say? When you really make a decision to live for God and to serve God, the first thing coming is sifting. And what does the sifting do? It separates the wheat from the chaff. The chaff is all of the stuff that's got to go. And the wheat is the stuff that needs to remain. See, that's why some people say, when I wasn't serving God, everything seemed to be good. And when I started serving God, all of a sudden, this happened and this happened. That's not the devil. That's sifting. And the stuff that's not there no more ain't supposed to be there no more. How do I know? It didn't make the cut. And if it didn't make the cut, it's not supposed to be there. He says, Satan desires to sift you like wheat. Nehemiah goes. He wants to rebuild his city. A sifting comes. How are you going to pay for this? It's so interesting because the very folk he was trying to help turned on him. Nehemiah is going through this, but Nehemiah has the mindset that no matter what, I'm not leaving until the vision comes to pass. Whatever it costs me, it shall cost me. But I am committed. Why? Nehemiah had an understanding. Come on, class. To be great, I got to be a servant. And I can't be any old kind of servant. I got to be a 
good servant. Are you getting this? Now, now, uh, let, let, let's talk real quick uh, about the, the, the lifestyle. Say the lifestyle, the lifestyle of a servant. Okay, so first thing is you have to have a mind to see results. Christians, not you, somebody you know, is notorious for talking. They talk a lot about what they're going to do, what they want to do, what they're thinking about doing, what they prayed about doing, but they don't actually do anything. A good servant says, I want to see results. And if I'm not seeing results, I'm going to cut it off. Jesus, Jesus gives a powerful prayer for he, he walks up to a tree and uh, he, says, he says, listen, these three years I've been coming to you and, and you haven't produced anything. I'm trying to help some of you because you're trying to figure out what is God saying. I'm going to tell you right now. He, he, he says, these three years I've been coming to you and you haven't produced anything. He says, so I'll tell you what, I'm going to dig around the roots. In essence, he says, I'm going to go to the root of the issue. And I'm going I, I, I'm to fertilize that. I, I, I'm going I'm to water that. I'm going to speak life to that. But if I come to you this time next year and you still don't have no fruit, I'm cutting you down and throwing you in the fire. See, there's some stuff you've been praying about, and Jesus says it's reached the point to where it's obvious it will produce nothing. Okay, y'all don't want y'all 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 don't want to say nothing. Y'all don't want to say nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So, so a servant has the mindset: I want to see results on a consistent basis. I want to see results. I want to see something. Got it? Okay. That that that, that that's what a servant does. I'm P90X in now, and I want to see results. So when I go on there and on, on that scale, I want to see something. Amen. And if it's the same it was on the other day, somebody's lying. I don't know who, but somebody's lying. Now, now, second thing, second thing about, about good soldiers is, is, or good servants, rather, is that they're soldiers. They're soldiers. Go, go to 2 Timothy. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. I salute our, our men and women that, that are over there fighting. And we say things, well, I'm not going to get political. Amen. We say things like they're fighting for our freedom. We free. So I don't know if that's what they're fighting for, but they're fighting nonetheless. Amen. Now, 2 Timothy, where to go? Chapter 2, go to verse 3. Chapter 2, verse 3. Chapter 2, verse 3. So I told you the second thing about good servants is they're what? Soldiers. 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verse 3. Therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Look at the next verse. No man that's in war entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please the one that enlisted him as a soldier. See, your neighbor's problem is when a circumstance goes wrong in their life, they stop serving right. 
And they start serving with an attitude now. And, and they start serving with a chip on their shoulder. And they, well, they better be glad I showed up. No, you better be glad we let you serve. Because what you don't understand is the only way you're going to get to greatness is through serving. He says, no man entangles himself with the dead. Listen, if you're in war over in Afghanistan, you don't care what's going on over here with the economy. You're trying to make sure that we survive this battle, we deal with this, we deal with that. God has sent you here out of heaven to be a soldier on this war field called earth for the benefit of the kingdom. And God says, if you keep getting distracted with your issues and your problems and your little stuff, you'll never be great. Good servants have a high pain tolerance. Uh-huh. You, you got to be able to handle pain because there may not be a medic nearby and you may have to survive. I'm talking to somebody. And you may have to survive for hours, maybe days, until somebody can look after your room. Am I talking to anybody? Well, you're trying to say, Lord, I'm hurting, but yet I got to help everybody else. And so God says, because you're a good soldier and because you're a good soldier, you deal with some stuff later. But right now... But right now, you got to help somebody else. No man entangles himself with the issues going on. He just wants to please the one that enlisted him. So, so a good servant has the mindset of a soldier. They say to themselves, I'm a soldier, so, so I, I, I'm in a battle. And in a battle, guess what? That may mean, watch this, I may not get to eat. Filet mignon. What do they call those things? MREs? I may have to have an MRE. Which means I may have to have some beans and cornbread right now. But it's going to be the best beans and cornbread. They say to themselves, I I'm in a battle right now, so I may not be able to have the automobile that I want. So I'm going to drive my tank or whatever it is I got. I'm going to drive it, and I'm going to drive it well. Why? Because I'm not caught up. I just want to please the one that put me in the war. I'm a soldier. I'm here to fight. You, you understand that? You, you look at your neighbor and say, you got to be a good soldier. That, that, that's the way to greatness. You've you got to be a good soldier. Which means, watch this, sometimes soldiers, they don't, they don't get to change their clothes. They, they don't get to, they live a very inconvenienced life so we can live a very convenienced one. Those who want to go in ministry, that, that's ministry 101. You live an inconvenienced life so people can have a convenience life. Can't handle that, then you, you all just, just stay on the usher board. And that's, don't, oh, Jesus. And that's good. Don't, don't start nothing with me. Don't start nothing with me. That's good. You just say, I'm good right here. I'm... Got it? A soldier says, what am I going to have to do to make sure we win this battle? Which means if I got to take money out of my own pocket, I'll do it. And I don't even have to be asked. I see that there's a need, so I'm going to fulfill a need. So I'm telling myself that nobody want to talk about church today, but we need to talk about this kind of stuff. Because a soldier don't submit a $10 check request. Say amen. A 
soldier doesn't look and see that there's a need in the church and say, oh, I told so-and-so to do something. No, soldier says, I can meet the need myself. We just, what we need, a bucket of pine salt? I'll be back. I'm running to the stove. Look. No, man, the warehouse is excellent, so you don't see that. But there, there may be the, a soldier doesn't say, can we get the vacuum committee over here? A soldier says, where the vacuum at? Because see, one of the most destructive forces in a body of believers is the sense of entitlement. I've been here for such and such time. I've grown out of that level of serving. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. No, no, you, you, you've never outgrown that level of serving. You, you never outgrow serving. Remember, because we're here to serve everybody. Isn't that something? Okay, let, let, let's look. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a good soldier. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Let, let, let's move it along. You getting this? What number are we on? This is, so this is three. Servants are faithful. Servants are faithful. Go to Luke 16, 12. Servants are faithful. Luke 16, 12. Luke 16, 12. Amen. Luke 16, 12. You got it? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? Let me help some of you understand why your business hasn't got it started. Because you're not faithful where you work. That's why. Mm-hmm. It's quiet. If you're faithful flipping burgers, then you can expect to own a burger joint. But if you're unfaithful on the fry machine, you should not suspect that you're going to get any further than that. Now, I need to just say that because, see, sometimes people got this mentality. I'm just doing this until this happens for me, and this never ends up happening for them. Why? Because they're unfaithful where they're at. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I remember, I remember I had a job one time. I remember. <laughs> Why y'all? I had a job one time. And, and it, it was it was the most it was the most mind. It just angered me, you know. I, I had all this skill and all of this, and I, but I was building I was building a, a business and these things and all that. But but while I was building the business, I, I had to have a, an income coming in, and so I, I did this other business. And as I did this other business, I had to I had to dress up to do clerical stuff. No, now you saying Bishop? That's normal. No, 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 no. Dressing up, I wasn't on the phone, I wasn't meeting folk, I was stapling papers. See, because I understood, I may be stapling today, but I'm going to own somebody that's going to be stapling later. Uh-huh, uh-huh. See, I didn't have a problem stapling because I knew I was on, I was on my way. I, I knew I was going to own the stapler, the stapler machine, the building that they staple in, and that, that was going to be an employee stapling for me. Got it. Now, 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 now. What happens is I, I had to dress up to do all, all of these, uh, all of these clerical things, and you know, staple. Uh, literally, that's, I think I stapled and folded papers. God, you know, I'm having flashbacks. I, I used to think to myself, "How long? How long? How long, Jesus? Oh, Lord Jesus! How long am I gonna have to?" Dress up. I mean, my good church clothes. Good 
stuff down. Oh, man. My two-tone bertini is in my... And I said, how long am I have to do this? But watch this. I was faithful. And I was the most excellent stapler folder. You can believe it. That's why today I am, that is not right. Straighten that up. Line that up better. All of that. Uh, Because I had an understanding that if I am faithful to this, I won't be here all my life. I'm good. Thank you. I, 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 I won't be doing this all my life. If I'm faithful to it. Got it? Why? Because I understood the principle of Luke 16, 12. If I'm not faithful with another man's, who is going to give me my own? That transcends every area of my life. In ministry, I was faithful to other men's vision. Faithful to other people's visions. Consistent to other people's visions. And then the Lord said, I find you faithful to give you your own. But that didn't happen. See, because this, this is probably a lot of folks. They, they, they preach one little half message and talk about the Lord called me. He called you to go get the vacuum. You got the calling. You sure did. Hoover. That's the name of your calling. Listen, what is my assignment? Hoover. Org XL. That's the name of your assignment. What's the new one? Dyson. That's the name of your assignment. Are you getting this? Servants are faithful. Now, we talk about half faith, half faith, half faith, half faith. Well, you can't have faith when you're not faithful. You, you understand that? So if you're an inconsistent person, no wonder you feel like God's inconsistent. Come on, this is Wednesday night, so I'm trying to give it to you a little. Touch your neighbor says it's good for us. It's, it's, it's like Robitussin. It may sting a little bit on the way down, but I promise you, in 20 minutes, you're going to feel better than you've ever felt in your life. Are you hearing me? Okay, so, so, so now, I have to be faithful in what seems to be the least. When I was stapling papers and folding papers, that seemed to be the least. It was the least. But I was faithful. Why? Because I wasn't concerned about them saying I did a good job. I was concerned about him saying I did a good job. And you may think, well, nobody sees me throwing this little paper under here. Nobody sees this. God says, I do, and you're going to work this dead-end job for another 10 years. Because you're unfaithful. It's quiet in the church. Y'all be tearing it up if I was. Can y'all take some more? All right, go to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6, 5 through 8. Ephesians 6, 5 through 8. Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6. Verse 5 through 8. Amen. Okay, got it? It says, bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters. Okay, so first, the next thing that a good servant is, is they're obedient. And it's quiet. I was shouting last week. I told you this is a test. You know what I'm saying? You're obedient. And look what it says, according to the flesh. That means not just your church leaders. That, that, that means your supervisor. That means the policeman. That means the firefighter. 
That means the man standing on Parker and Arapahoe saying slow, and I'm saying ain't nobody else around. <laughs> In that moment, he's the master. Because he should be standing there. I said, now what are you doing? Ain't nobody over here. Listen to this. With fear and trembling. So the next thing about a good servant, what are you on, five, six? Ne five. Next thing about a good servant is they're respectful. It's quiet in the house of God. They're respectful. So what? You're the head deacon over the left section of seats. You can still be nice to folk. I'm just using that as an example. All right, okay. And if you're not nice, you need to be nice. Just see, people say, I'm working on it. No, you don't. You're just lazy. You just be nice. Because you wouldn't talk to me like that. Oh, I know you wouldn't. I promise you that. Don't let the collar fool you. <laughs> Amen. You don't want to see your bishop acting project-ish. But you have to be respectful. Uh, some man was interviewing President Obama the other day. I'm going to call it. No, I'm not. because I'm Some man was interviewing the president the other day and kept cutting him off. 76 times. O'Reilly. I don't understand. Watch this. Because they, degreed, they disagreed on policy, he felt it was appropriate to disrespect. Disagreement is not a grounds for disrespect. I can disagree with you, but we all don't have to disrespect you. So as Christians, we got to lead the way. Listen, I don't agree with you on that, but God says good. What you want to do after service? Uh, you're totally wrong. I think you're totally wrong. You're totally messed up. That is crazy. But what you, I don't have to disrespect you to disagree with you. Husbands and wives, same thing. You ain't got to get disrespectful because you disagree. Start bringing up stuff you said you was never going to bring up again. You better say amen. I feel the Holy Ghost in the place tonight. I feel like jumping in somebody's Kool-Aid and stirring it up until that sugar gets in there like Big Mama used to make that stuff. When Kool-Aid, it was syrup. No, I was supposed to keep doing I'm supposed to put the words in there. <laughs> you know, listen, we're going to talk about this and we're never going to bring it up again. Okay, good. Then you get into disagreement. But you just said that you would stop it. A good servant is respectful. That's what fear and reverence means. And, and watch this. And they think everybody else is just as valuable as them. That's what a good servant does. So you're just as valuable as this one. This one's just as valuable as this one. So I'm not going to demean you because you don't know this, that, and the other. No, you're just as valuable as this one. That's what a good servant says. A good servant says everybody's valuable. We just play different roles on the team. There is no football team with no offensive line. But now the offensive line, they may not make as much as the quarterback. They may not have as much glamour as the quarterback. But if they don't block, there won't be no quarterback. I've had somebody and say, you're valuable, you're valuable, you're valuable. But you let nobody sell you short, but you let nobody sell you cheap. You may not be the quarterback, but baby, you show a lot of towel, boy. And the towel... Say amen. 
All right. Look at it here. Look at verse 6. Got it? Y'all get this? Not with eye service, Jesus. Not just in front of who you want to see it. But all the time. Imagine if God only treated you good when somebody was looking. Imagine if he treated you how you treat folk. Well, he was only nice to you when somebody's looking at you. He'd be like, somebody coming. Bless. Soon as I leave, curse, 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 curse. Now what I service all the time. You got it? Okay. See, see, see. All right, all right, all right. As men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God, where? From the heart. I do it because it's who I am. You got it? This, this is how that has to be. See, the same you in here got to be the same you out there. See, if you are, if you are sane in here, but you are ain't out there, you're a bad servant. And you won't have greatness. You'll have whackness. Let me translate. We got translation tech? Whackness is a, is a, is a hip-hop colloquialism. It's not even Southern. We didn't come up with that. It's from hip-hop culture. Whack means out of style, out of fashion, out of touch, lacking. So you won't have greatness, you'll have whackness. Watch y'all post it on your Facebooks after church. I do it well, and I do it well whether anybody sees me do it or not. See, that's what being a person of excellence is all about. I, I do it. But, but, but see, I, I, I take excellence because excellence is a lifestyle. So see, you know, you know, even if I'm lounging in my home, I'm lounging in iron stuff. That's me. You do what works for you. Iron my T-shirt to wear my T-shirt. But Bishop, why? Because it is not just something I do when I'm going to take the mic to preach. I'm excellent 24-7. Which means, okay, let me go and get in your stuff. I don't clean my car when somebody asks me for a ride. I keep it clean. Because that's how I am. Y'all don't want to say nothing. Okay. I don't clean my house when I know I got company coming. I keep it clean. You talking about blessed be the Lord and your house look like hell. And you blaming, oh, I just be so busy in the morning. Then you need to wake up earlier or go in later. You need to figure something out. Okay, I'm ready for the getting your stuff now because y'all don't want to say amen. See, so you got all of them clothes on your bed. Oh, I'm in your stuff. You got years worth of stuff on your bed. You got dressers. You got them little, uh, them, what's them things? Plastic containers. 
And you talk about, I just don't never have no time. Well, what were you doing on Tuesday night when it was negative 11 and you couldn't go nowhere? I'll tell you what you was doing. You were sitting up watching them housewives when you should have been putting your clothes in your dresser and getting your, why? Because I'm a good servant. Okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Let's see if y'all got the lesson. Say amen. Okay, all right, good. Just want to see. See, we're going to say amen. I'm getting your stuff. Okay. But are you getting the point? I'm being facetious. Don't anybody feel judgment or condemnation, but you need to get your house clean. But don't, don't feel judgment or condemnation. I'm just saying, how are you going to be talking about kingdom come, will be done, all this kind of stuff, and you can't even find your notes? You can't even find your notes from church about this. It's in here somewhere. Your notes mixed in with your checkbook, which is mixed in with. Oh, I'm in your stuff. I know it. Thank you. I'm in your stuff. It's been a while since we had a servant teaching. Now, now, now look at eight. Now here's eight. Watch this. Knowing that whatever good anyone does, look at this. He will receive the same from the Lord. Whether he is slave or free. Say, Bishop, what does that mean? Whatever I do for others, God does for me. Whatever I make happen for somebody else, God makes happen for me. See, see, you want your business to flourish? Help somebody else's get off the ground. You, you, you getting it? You, you want your marriage to work? Help somebody else get theirs together. You want your kids to act right? Go whoops. I mean, go, go talk to somebody else's kids. <laughs> Y'all want a little more? So what number are we on? Six. N next thing about good servants is they're givers. Servants are givers. I refuse to pastor a selfish people because I'm not selfish. We're givers. Got it? And, and that's important. Good servants are givers. If you are stingy, you're going to have a hard time with kingdom. Got it? Stingy people always feel like they're losing something. Kingdom servants, good servants, always know I'm investing something. And I can never lose on an investment. So if we need something for the king's kids, I'm not losing money. I'm investing money. You got that. So, 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 so servants are givers. You can look at Exodus 36, 3 through 7 for that. I'm just give you the scripture. You can, you can study it tonight. Now this next one, where are we on? Y'all good class. Servants. Good servants reflected in their family. Go to Luke 15, 29. Luke 15, 29. Once you see this. When you're a good servant, it will change your family. Luke 15, 29. <clears throat> and he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years I do serve thee, neither have I transgressed 
Uh, I at any time of your commandment, and yet you never gave me a kid, or this is old King James, that I might make merry with my friends. Now, the prodigal son, th this is an interesting story because we always talk about the prodigal son. We always talk about how, how the prodigal son, what he did, and yes, what he did was wrong, but we never talk about the brother. He was a good son, but he was a bad brother. I, I'm going to you When his brother was coming back to his senses, what a good brother would have done is said, listen, uh, you know, what you did to daddy's wrong. You know that, don't you? Okay, but, but uh, you know, he, he, he loves everybody and he thanks God for you. Now, listen, let me tell you something. You treat him like that again. You have to worry about him. You ain't got to worry about God. It's going to be me. We, 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 do we understand each other? He was a good son, but he was a bad brother because he should have celebrated his brother. But at the same time, he should have told his brother, hey, listen, you, you, you better get your stuff together because this isn't happening like this again because we ain't having a party next time. <laughs> next time, you're going to come back just like you thought, a slave. I'll see to that. I'm going to be running the staff by that point. You're going to be a slave. Bishop, Bishop, what's the point you're making? How does this change my family? The boy said, I have been serving you all this time. And he missed the fact that in him serving his father, everything his father had was his. I need you to get this. He's so focused on what's happening with this one that he missed what he had the whole time. It's a shame when people say, I didn't know what I had until it was gone, because at that point, many times you can't get it back. When you're, when you're a good servant, it affects your family. Why? Because it makes you treasure what you have. Makes you treasure what you have. Parents, you have to teach your children this. So there's not, would you like to go to church with me today? So I know that's how Denver raises people to do the. Honey, do you feel like going to church today? You're six, but I mean, do you feel like it? Should I? Okay. Well, Mama. Now, you obey the local, state, and federal laws in your city. But, but here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. You have to teach your children to serve. You have to teach them the importance of serving in the church. You can't teach them what you don't do. And you can't be on your way driving to church complaining about stuff and then wonder why, because they're going to tell on you in King's Kids. In case you didn't know. Everything you said on your way to church. We already know we got paperwork. We finna call somebody. <laughs> well, they're going to tell on you. And anybody going to ask them. They're just going to walk in and just. Hi, Miss Alex. My mama had told me, you know, they're just going to, you know. 
Okay, I got to finish this. I got to finish this. Is, is this good tonight for you? Good. Okay. Now, 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 now. Um, uh, next thing. What number we have? And here we go. As you serve, you will find your assignment. As you serve, you will find your assignment. What is, Bishop, what is my assignment? Everybody has a universal purpose. It's to reconcile the world back to Christ. Your assignment, though, is how you do that. My assignment is, 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 is as a bishop and pastor and, and father and all these things. Got it? That's my assignment. That's how I reconcile the world back to Christ. But that's not necessarily your assignment. You got it? You will find your assignment as you serve. Because, see, what happens is people start serving, and all of a sudden gifts will start coming out of them. And talents will begin to manifest out of them. They're trying to figure out, where did this come from? Y'all wonder something about me? Truth is, now you may think, oh, this is just very extroverted and all that kind of thing. I am very quiet. I know. That's what I said. That's what I said. I didn't see y'all over here laughing. Markham us is one and two. <laughs> Believe it or not. Yeah. Generally, I, I, I can be very, I, I, I guess the timid's not the word, but, but just reserved. I don't have to walk in the room and say nothing. I can just, <laughs> matter of fact, half time, I don't even know I'm in the room. Just, where's Bishop at? <laughs> but as I made a commitment to be obedient, things came out that I didn't even know were there. Got it. One of the uh, one of the elders who.
all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's.